Welcome to Wondercast. But you know, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. Nice. Lost. Lost. And a liar. The force is strong with you. What have we done? Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Wondercast, a place where nerds can nerd. I'm Ryan. I'm Molly. And I'm Ryan. And today we take a look at chapter 2 of Nevermore, The Trials of Morgan Crow. But before we do that, we got a few things to take care of today. We have our first guest host of Wondercast and his name is Caleb. Caleb, why don't you say hi to everybody. Caleb is my youngest son, and he's here to participate in our podcast today. And Caleb, we do this with all of our hosts, and Ryan and Molly did this before. So I'm going to ask you a few questions so that everybody can get to know you a little bit. Okay? That sound good? Yes. All right. This is part of our favorite segment. And Caleb, I'm just going to ask you what some of your favorite things are. Okay? So the first question is, Caleb, what is your favorite book? My favorite book is Dogman. Yeah, that's a good book. Dogman's a lot of fun. Um, Caleb, what is your Harry Potter house? My Harry Potter house is Gryffindor. He is definitely a Gryffindor. What do you think, Ryan and Molly? Um, yep, definitely. <laughs> He's very bold. Yeah, that's right. He's definitely a Gryffindor. All right, Caleb, can you tell us your favorite movie? You have any ideas? Give me one movie that you really like. I like Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars. Do you have a Star Wars that's your favorite Star Wars? The Rise of Skywalker. Okay, that's a good choice. I think maybe because that's the last one you saw, but it is excellent, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about The Rise of Skywalker later in our episode. All right, Caleb. In all the movies or books that you have read, do you have a favorite character in those books um, or movies? Probably Dogman. Dogman's your favorite character? Can you tell us a little bit of dog, about Dogman? What, did, uh, what do you like about him? Um, he's a dog. And I think he's a man too, right? <laughs> what did, what did, uh, what did the, they do to make Dogman? Um... There was this cop, and Dogman looked like a real dog. They had to, like, cut off his head and sew it onto a cop's head, like <laughs> cop's body. And so he became Dogman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> a little crazy, but it's funny. That's right. All right, Caleb. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us today and answering those questions. Okay. Normally at this time we would go right into our nerd news uh, section of the podcast here, but we have to talk about Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker first. So I guess this is part of our nerd news. But yep, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we all went to see it over our holiday break, and I have to say uh, it was pretty amazing. What did you guys think? Yeah, it was good. It, it was, was really good. Spoilers or no? 
No spoilers. Oh no, we can go spoilers. If people haven't seen it by now, then that's their fault. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So what did you think? Okay. All right, Ryan. All right. I know okay. who's that. I know okay. exactly who this is. Okay. Go ahead. So I really liked the beginning scene. I thought it was very cool, and I just the one thing that I didn't really like about the beginning scene is that they didn't explain how Palpatine came back. Yeah, I mean that's. I think from what I hear is that the the movie itself was going to be closer to three hours, so I think they eliminated some things, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that's completely necessary to. Uh, to the movie that we needed but yeah that opening scene was pretty amazing yeah yeah, pretty yeah it amazing. was really good yeah it was it was it was great overall i think that i was surprised that i thought palpatine would come in later in the in the uh mm-hmm. um movie but it's they brought him in yeah. right away yeah which yeah. is cool um what do you think uh what was the part that surprised you the most definitely where we found out that Ray was a Palpatine. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Nope. But I called it in what was it? Episode one. Didn't I? You called it in episode one of Wondercast. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I I said it. I was gonna say you you weren't even alive when episode one came <laughs> out. So. What do you yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty one. Yeah, and, and you know the whole Palpatine thing. We we thought about way back in. Uh, when The Force Awakens yeah, came out. Yeah, Ray's fighting style. And yeah, Ray's fighting style was just like Palpatine. So, yeah. Um, I think it really wrapped up the this latest series really well, and I thought it brought everything back together for the whole Skywalker saga really well. So, yeah. Caleb, what was your favorite character from Star Wars? It's probably um, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren? Do we still call him Kylo Ren? Though? No, they're two. Kylo- I mean, they're two different people, kind of. Well, Kylo yeah. Ren is dead. Yeah, yeah Kylo Ren well, is dead. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both of them are dead. I, I think it was necessary that Ben Solo died, but yes. I did not like it at all. That that was probably one of the saddest deaths in Star Wars, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, it was, but it, it was, was hard. Yeah, I never wanted the redemption of Ben Solo. Like I thought that he should have just gone out as. Kylo Ren and fought Rey and be done, been done with it, but I actually uh, I like really it. enjoyed yeah. how they did it. It surprised Especially me that I liked it. One of my favorite I, yeah. scenes in all of Star Wars history was when Rey put the Star Wars behind her back when she was about to fight the lightsaber. The, or yeah, oh my gosh, the Star Wars, <laughs> the lightsaber. Okay, chill, chill. <laughs> so you put the lightsaber behind his back, or yeah, well he had his hand behind his back, and then maybe it was the. The connection. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. That was hard to tell, but go ahead, Molly. You, you were talking about your favorite scene. I don't want to interrupt you. Um, when Ray put the lightsaber behind her back, and it switched. The scene switched over to Ben Solo, oh. and he just pulled it out from behind his back and started fighting. And yeah, he just that was like, awesome. Murdered every single <laughs> well, of the Knights of Ren. I don't know. If murder's the right word. Well, murder's the right yeah, word. It's it's killed. Killed. Yeah, murder's the right word. Killed. But that's the it best was. Yeah, that scene was great, and there was a couple little tributes in there that people didn't notice, like the way that um, Ben fired behind him with the uh, with the uh, gun that he had. He fired behind him um, and just killed one of the Knights of Ren. Yeah, and just like his dad used to. Yeah, do. like the mm-hmm. boom. without looking, boom. boom. 
much. Well, yeah. yeah. So there's a couple things like that in there and a couple of little tributes to Han, which was cool. And uh, it really ended in a pretty cool way. And uh, if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, please go do that because that is yeah. just such a fabulous ending to this Skywalker saga. So that now brings us to our nerd news, our official nerd news. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is news, but we're uh, going to move on to some some other things that are going on in the nerd world. Uh, there's a book that I read when I was young, and I don't know if you guys uh, have even heard of it, but I wanted to talk about it today. It's called The Call of the Wild. And this book, um, it was a lot of fun reading as a kid, and now it's being turned into a movie. And I bring it up right after Rise of Skywalker because Harrison Ford, uh, who is Han Solo, is going to be in this yeah. movie. And it's it's weird because I saw the preview, and it's live-action movie, but the dog in the movie, because this is about a dog that goes from the city to the outdoors and this bond that he has with um, this man that he meets, who's Harrison Ford plays, but it's really weird because I saw the preview and the dog is all CGI. Really? Yeah, he's all oh. computer. They're not using a real dog at all, which surprised me. And you can kind of tell, you could see it, that it's CGI. And it kind of made me think of um, episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars where everything is done with green screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we watched a little bit the other day and it just... It looked really, really bad compared to what we're used <laughs> to now. I mean, at the time, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Compared the, to the originals. Right. The only part that looked real in um, the movie that we watched was the people in it because they were actually real. Right. That's right. And this, So I'm interested to see what they do with this. I hope they do a good job with it. And it's coming out in February. So it's something that we can hopefully see and uh Hopefully, uh, we'll enjoy it, even though it's a little different than normal. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about is another podcast that I listen to, and you guys have listened to with me. It's called Swish and Flick, and it's one of our Harry, favorite Harry Potter podcasts. Um, yep. And what's cool about it is uh, these ladies that are in Swish and Flick, uh, they also grew up near uh, my hometown, or they went to school near my hometown in, in Stowe. And so they went to Kent State, and they all uh, they go to the the Harry Potter Festival that's at Kent State. Um, uh, they don't call it the Harry Potter Festival anymore, uh, but they call it Wizardly World or Wizardly uh, of Kent. And uh, we've been there, yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what I wanted to talk about with them is their latest uh, one of their latest episodes talks about Credence Barebone or Aurelius Dumbledore, and this revelation we got in Fantastic Beasts. The Crimes of Grindelwald. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go see it, because this is some spoilers for you. It's been but two years. Yeah, yeah, I know. This Credence is actually Aurelius Dumbledore. And one thing they talked about, and I thought it was interesting, the title of this whole series of movies is Fantastic Beasts. So the question, one of the questions they asked was, is Credence a beast? Is that why they're calling this Fantastic Beast? Maybe. I actually I think so. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah. That's, 
it's an interesting uh, idea that Credence may be a beast. And if you remember in Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, um, when they ask Newt to join his brother uh, being an Auror, um, he says no. And a man comes out of the shadows and says, okay, so I guess I got the job. And this man is a known beast hunter. And they send him after Credence. So that's another thing, like, maybe Credence is a beast. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, uh, I always think about, with the crimes of Grindelwald and this whole revelation of Aurelius Dumbledore, I always think about this dark twin theory. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, in the movie, uh, Dumbledore says to Newt that a uh, that Credence who is uh, an Obscurus, and an Obscurus grows in the absence of love as a dark twin. And that is something that we've talked about before, about this idea that maybe Credence, or at least the Obscurus within Credence, is Ariana's twin. What do you guys think? I I think that's definitely... I feel like there's no... I think, yeah, definitely it's a possibility, but J.K. Rowling, I mean, she always surprises us, so we never really know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, I think you're right. Um, but she she does things... It's always for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything, she's, everything she has a character say, every name that she uses is for a reason. And it's interesting because uh, he says that it, this, uh, the, uh, it, the Obscurus grows in the absence of love as a dark twin. And then later on, Grindelwald says that Credence is the only entity alive that can help them defeat Dumbledore. He doesn't say man. He doesn't say beast. He says Credence is an entity. Which is, so, I mean, that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was definitely on purpose. And one thing that I also saw was that, um, did you, do you guys know uh, what alchemy is? No. I've heard the word. Yes. And it has to do with Nicholas Flamel, right? Yeah, Nicholas yeah. Flamel. He was an alchemist. And mm-hmm. Nicholas Flamel was in the Crimes of Grindelwald, and we saw the Sorcerer's Stone, which yeah. was really That was awesome. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome. That was really cool. Um, and he created the Elixir of Life from the Sorcerer's Stone so that he could prolong life. Well, it's also, uh, alchemy is also, uh, there's a side portion of it is about creating life. Mm-hmm. Creating life. And um, so there's also this thing that, this theory out there that says that maybe, maybe they were trying to, or that Credence or Aurelius was created as an obscurial for uh, this container for the Obscurus to be within. Or maybe the, the Obscurus got so powerful it created its own um, obscurial to be inside of. Because the obscurial is the person, the container mm-hmm. of the Obscurus. So people talk about that but they 
one thing that I also thought was interesting was that the word Aurelius means gold. And gold and alchemy go hand in hand and trying to uh, create things and create gold from different things. And it, it's really interesting. You got to study it more. But it's something that I, I'm interested in. I mean, 2021 can't come fast enough. We really, really need another uh, chapter of Fantastic Beasts. So I'm interested to see where it goes. We'd love to hear what all you guys think out there about uh, Credence or Aurelius and who he actually is. We could talk for a whole episode about uh, this character and uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald and um, their journey and their relationship and how they tried to save Ariana and all that stuff. But it's just something to think about. It's something interesting that we'll probably get to again in the near future. Last thing we have for Nerd News, still no Artemis Fowl trailer. Yeah. Yep. Like, what's up with that? I know. They, they came out with some images and stuff, but... I was really hoping we'd see it in the Rise of Skywalker as one of the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it just wasn't there. And they're both Disney movies. So, but one thing that was cool that did come out recently was the Fowl Twins. So, another uh, uh, look into the world of Artemis Fowl, another book. Yeah, the Fowl Twins. And, and so, it, it really focuses on Artemis's little little brothers. So, that's interesting. Go check it out. It's something that's on my read list and eventually I'll, I'll get there yep. and that's it for our our nerd news um, nerd if you uh, hear anything out there and that you want to tell us about please send us a message and we'll give you our thoughts on that nerd news out there in the nerd world yeah now we're going into our segment famous first lines so I'm going to read a famous first lines and you guys have to guess it okay okay Okay. All right. So, here we go. It was almost December, and Jonas was begin beginning to be frightened. I only... It's given away to me only because of the name. Oh, I Jonas. know. I know it. I know it. What, I don't. What it's is it, Molly? It's one of my favorite books. I didn't so much like the movie, I don't think. Yeah. But We're, the Giver. Yeah. I, I love the book. I love the book. Yeah, that's... uh, It's got to be from The Giver. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, it's from The Giver. That that is that is one of my favorite books. I read that when I was a kid, and I've read it many times since then. Mm -hmm. Such a good book. Um, that? Read that first line one more time, Ryan. It was almost December, and Jonas was beginning to be frightened. Yeah, I mean it's one of those thinkers again. Mm -hmm. I don't know what do you, Caleb is someone who has not read that book yet. When he says it's almost December and Jonas was beginning to feel frightened or beginning to be frightened. Yeah. What does that make you think? Is that weird? Yeah. Kind of. Do you ever get frightened because it's December? No. What does December make you think of? Christmas. Okay. And what about my birthday? Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It, it does. It makes you feel like like snow and Christmas time and Climbing all the fun stuff. Um, but it doesn't ever just make you feel frightened. So, I mean, it's definitely an interesting first line. Ryan, what do you think? Do you like that first line? Yeah, I think it's a good first line. It's not, it's not, 
Is it the it, first... it is thought-provoking. Go ahead, Caleb. Is it the first line of the book? Yeah, that's the yep. very first line in the book. Yeah, the look on your face says it all. Like, you don't know what's going on, but hey, something's happening because he's obviously scared because it's December. So something's weird about the world that he's in. If you read the book, you understand, yes. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's there, weird. there is something weird about the world that he is in. But it is fantastic. And one day, Caleb, you'll be able to read that book. And the movie, right? Molly, I think you're right. The movie is not as good as the book. I was, I was a little disappointed. But the book amazing i read it i've read it at least three times yeah great book has cool. ryan read cool. it no not yet but thank you ryan i appreciate that famous first lines you're welcome so that brings us to our chapter by chapter segment um on the book nevermore the trials of morgan crow we're on chapter two which is entitled bid day now just to recap a little bit we in the previous chapters, we learned about Morgan, who is a cursed child, who is supposed to die on eventide. And we don't, she thinks right now eventide is about a year away. So um, she's not real concerned about, well, she is concerned because she's mm -hmm. going to die in a year. But um, we focus more in the first couple chapters on establishing that she's this cursed child and people blame her for all kinds of stuff. And she doesn't get the same opportunities as everybody else. So it's like this weird, weird thing that she doesn't, um, she doesn't get to be a kid like all the other ones. But in her world, in this uh, Winter Sea Republic, um, there's this thing called this, and it's hard to describe it because we don't know a lot about it at this point, but this thing called Wonder. Um... What are you guys, what are your thoughts on Wonder? Um, well, I kind of see Wonder as almost a sort of energy. Not really, like, electricity. It's it's almost like, just like an energy, an invisible force that you can't see. And we don't know exactly what it is, but that's how I think of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that is abstract, mm -hmm. that we don't quite know a whole lot about yet uh, we know it's important and I do think of it as like an energy force like but I mean they talk about it as a, sh a shortage like so they're having a shortage of energy like oh okay well you go to the store and buy wonder <laughs> but I, I mean it's hard to really understand what wonder is uh, at this point we know that we've heard mention of squall industries and that it's the source of wonder and that's, uh, it's provided, like Wonders provided by Squall Industries. So we've heard that a little bit. Um, but we know that Morgan is cursed. Her family treats her like crap. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of get to see her little bit of spunkiness in there. And she's start, starting not to uh, care what other people think a little bit. Um, but I think still, you know, we saw the relationship with her father and how she really still wants to have a good relationship with her father but it's just not there and her father just treats her so bad um but that brings us to uh chapter two which is bid day and bid day is a place uh, uh, a part of the story where all the kids go um to see the lord mayor who announces all these bids on kids to be apprentices 
and stuff like that. And so they're apprentices for these companies or whatever it might be in the Winter Sea Republic that bid on them um, to try to get them to come and be that apprentice. So normally kids that are cursed, they don't go there. Like I said, she doesn't get opportunities that everybody else does because they're supposed to die so nobody's going to bid on them so they don't go. Yeah. But do you remember that Morgan uh, wants to go? Obviously, she wants to go and see what it's all about. And she says, let's consider this my birthday present or whatever it might be. And she wants to go. And her dad says what? Um, no. He says no. He doesn't want her to go. Yeah, but who, who convinces, who convinces uh, him otherwise? Yeah, left or <laughs> left and right are his assistants, and he doesn't even bother knowing their names because he fires them so much. And so left and right, uh, one of them suggests, "Hey, why don't you go?" Because why? Because the public will see it'll almost be like a publicity stunt. People will see it as, "Oh, his poor daughter." It's a sob story, and people will yeah. almost feel bad for them, and they'll fav they'll tend to like. Uh, Cor better, yeah, yeah, Corvus a little bit better. Yeah, I, I it's sickening, mm -hmm. but it's like it is viewed as a publicity stunt or like, hey, let's gain a little sympathy mm -hmm. for this guy who's trying to get elected again. So they're like, this is perfect. So Corvus agrees, and that in chapter two we get bid day, and so Morgan attends bid day with her father, and um, all these places are bidding on these kids, so the whole. Uh, whole town is there. Whoa. And they're there to uh, listen to these bids and see who gets these bids. And normally it's one bid or sometimes if you're really sought after, then maybe you get two bids. And uh, so normally like rich, rich people's kids will get a bid. Or like I said, super talented kids might get a bid. And Morgan is there just to watch. And the bidding starts and we get to... Here the our, uh, we get to read about the Lord Mayor who's kind of overseeing it, and uh, he obviously knows Corvus, but uh, he he didn't expect Morgan to be there, and nobody expects Morgan to be there. But surprisingly, in the midst of this bid day, Morgan gets bid on, but not once. Like. Wasn't it like four times or something? Four yeah. times. She gets bid on four times. And everybody is surprised. And it's a great scene because um, this Lord Mayor is like very nervous about uh, even announcing that Morgan was bid on. Nervous because Corvus is sitting there, doesn't know what he's going to do, but also nervous because this whole town is sitting there. And now this cursed child is getting bid on. That would be sad. That'd be sad. What would be mm -hmm. sad? Getting bid on to go somewhere else without your parents. Oh. I mean, well, in this place, they see it as an honor yeah. to be bid on, and it's this very good thing that they see. And honestly, we don't really know. They, don't, I don't think they even talk about, like, if they have to leave their parents, like, all the time, which would be interesting. Um, the only real information we get about being bid on is when... We hear uh, when we get to talk to one of the one of the people that bids on Morgan, and it turns out that 
like two of these two of these bids. So the first one's anonymous. They say uh, Morgan Crow is bid on by anonymous. And they don't know who it is, and so she takes the envelope, sits back down, and all these other kids are are uh, chosen. And then Morgan gets another bid, and it's by some person at the Devereaux Ladies College and they're still kind of suspicious of this because I don't know where that's coming from and then all of a sudden Morgan is bid on again from the yeah. Harmon Military Academy now tension is building okay everybody in the town what do you think your reaction were would would be if you're sitting there and you're waiting to get your bid and you're supposed to be bid on and go get this fantastic new apprenticeship and then the girl that's supposed to die gets these bids. I would be like, what's going on? Oh, crap. I'd, like, I'd just be super confused. I, I, and also I'd be like, well, I mean, no offense, but like she's she's not going to survive in a year. Right. So shouldn't right. these spots go to someone who will Actually, be alive? Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds I, horrible, but I mean. You know, I think I'd be thinking the same thing. Like, what the heck is going on? And, I, and you feel that tension in the book. I think uh, Jessica Townsend does a good job at building the tension of that. And even at one point, after the third bid, the guy gets up and says, uh, like, she's cursed. She's not, she says exactly what we would have said. Mm -hmm. She's cursed. There's no way she can be bid on. What is going on? And the, uh, the Lord Mayor's feeling the tension of there. And Corvus, is, uh, his anger is boiling over at this point and, and just wondering what's going on. And, um, then Morgan, even though she's getting these bids, and and I remember uh, Jessica Towns had write writing her character, you kind of feel for Morgan because she's like excited for once about something in her life, but then all these protests remind her like, oh wait, she really can't be happy because no matter what, she can't accept these anyway. So that's like someone if someone gave you guys something that you've really wanted and you know you can't accept it. Mm -hmm. How would that make you feel? Uh, kind of awful. Yeah, it would make me feel devastated. I mean, if this was something I've wanted my entire life and it was sitting right there in front of me, but I just knew that something or someone was preventing me from having it, it would, it would be really heartbreaking. Yeah, and for I think for Morgan, it's the chance to feel normal mm -hmm. which she has never felt mm -mm. so we're not even talking about a material possession like we're talking about just being able to feel normal and know that she's not gonna die yeah at least when she turns 11 years old mm -hmm. she's not gonna die yeah so it's yeah it's pretty it's heartbreaking to listen to and to feel what she's feeling as uh, as you're reading through this so Morgan ends up with four bids and she's supposed to go and meet these people that bid on her and she doesn't really expect much you know she goes in there and the first person she meets is Mr. Jones and Mr. Jones is uh, comes in and starts talking to Morgan about uh, who he works for and do you remember who Mr. Jones supposedly works for wasn't it squall 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 industries and supposedly this ezra squall is his his boss 
and the most most powerful man in the whole of Winter Sea Republic. He actually says, well, Mr. Jones says, well, he's the most powerful. Well, and then he changes his mind. He says, well, he's the second most powerful besides our president. So I think he was just, I don't know if he thinks that's true. I think Mr. Jones thinks that Ezra Squall is the most powerful, mm-hmm. but he's not going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. But he, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't really want to to go there at this point. Um, but he says to Morrigan that he wants to give her the world, basically. Mm-hmm. He says, Ezra Squall wants you to be his apprentice. And what does Mr. Jones tell Morgan that Ezra Squall can do? He's the only living person who can command wonder. wonder. He's the only living person that can harvest. They say he says the word harvest and command wonder. And you're like, it still makes you think like, what the heck is wonder? Yeah. Like they talk about it as energy again. And it, uh, he says, Mr. Jones says wonder provides everybody in the, in the winter sea Republic. It provides them all warmth and entertainment and everything they have. So, it does make me think, like you said, Molly, energy. Mm-hmm. And I almost think it, <laughs> it made me think of the gas company. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to pay the gas company <laughs> so that we can have our house heated. Mm-hmm. And so Wonder apparently somehow heats everybody's homes and uh, provides entertainment, whether it's through the TV or whatever it might be. I don't know what it is, but some kind of, some Switch. reason. Yeah, there you go. Maybe Wonder powers their... Uh, Nintendos and Playstations and Xboxes but somehow it's it provides everything to them and this Ezra Squall is the man that can control it and Squall Industries is his company and he wants Morgan to take over how would you guys feel if someone came to you and said uh, let's, let's put it in our world Tim Cook of Apple comes to you and says I want you to be my apprentice at Apple. Oh my goodness. Um, I'll say, what's in it for me? What do you mean, what's in it for me? What do you mean? It's the whole, it's the whole company. You're going you're gonna to be the CEO of Apple. I and you're said, saying, what's in it for me? I would have said, do I get an Apple iPhone? You have, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, I think you would get an Apple iPhone. Yes. I, being the sensible one, would be like, why me? Right. Why? Why me? Do I get a Samsung? And and that's Morgan's Morgan's answer. Like, why why does Ezra Squall want her to run Squall Industries? I mean, she's going to die in a year. But, again, Mr. Jones is like, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. So it's almost like he, Mr. Jones, and Ezra Squall know more Mm -hmm. than they're letting on. And they're like, well, let's just, why don't you just sign the, sign the, the bid and we, we'll just get on with it. They're like, don't worry about that. You're, I'm not worried about the curse. They want Morgan to run things. But Morgan says, no. no. Yeah. Nope. Why does she say no, though? I, I, I don't know. 
She says no because she's going to what? Die. She's She's trying to be sensible. Mm -hmm. She's trying to be sensible. She says no because she is going to die. And Mr. Jones gives her the contract anyway. He says, you know, look it over. And he says, you don't need to worry about curses. So this character, Mr. Jones, is an interesting one. He comes up later on in the book quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And you... It's just so obvious that he knows more than he's letting on, and he knows more about this world and even Morgan's curse than than anybody does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and he works for this Ezra Squall. So it's interesting. But then uh, Corvus and the Lord Mayor burst into the room. They say, "Come on, we're out of here." Corvus says, "We're gone. This is all a big joke. All these bids were a joke. They don't even exist. These people don't even exist." And Morgan's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I've been talking to Mr. Jones for the last hour, and he doesn't exist. And she's like, come on, come in. I'll show you. She goes back in the room, and... He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. I mean... He's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you say that, because maybe on later on there's something to that. But he he's just gone. And so now, now Morgan's thinking... Did I imagine all this? Mm-hmm. Was it just me being hopeful and wishful? Did he run so, through the wall? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he did. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's just gone, and it, it doesn't make sense. So, of course, it's another thing that Corvus doesn't believe that Morgan mm-hmm. did. So, again, he goes back to his stupid, horrible fatherness. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the main part of this chapter, but something really important happens at the end of the chapter. As they're driving home, the car stops, and everybody's out in the streets, and they're looking up the streets of uh, the Winter Sea Republic, Great Wolf Acre, and they're looking up, and they're like, what the heck is going on? And they, they're looking up at the sky-faced clock um, at the town hall. Yeah. And the sky-faced clock is changing color, which shows that what is here a year early? Eventide. Eventide. Yeah. Eventide is a year early, which means what for Morgan? She's going to die, yeah. Yeah, she's going to die, not in a year, but in a day in a day day. she's gonna die in a day and so everything that she had thought before has changed now she's gonna miss Christmas Christmas. (laughs) that's your biggest concern right now I I think she's gonna miss a lot more than that (laughs) but um she goes home with this feeling of dread like that she's gonna die And the last thing to happen in this chapter is she gets a mysterious letter (laughs) slipped under her door. Yep. And it once again is a bid from my favorite character. Oh, I know. Can I say it? Yeah, of course. Jupiter North. Jupiter North. A mysterious letter appears and it says, Jupiter North presents his bid for Miss Morgan Crow on behalf of the wondrous society 
And Morgan's like, Morgan's like, what the heck is the Wondrous Society <laughs> and who is Jupiter North? And the really what was cool, my, my favorite uh, line in this is the last line of the chapter when uh, Jupiter uh, writes at the bottom in his handwriting instead of just the typed letter. He writes, be ready. And then he signs J.N. Talk about getting you excited. I mean, yeah. like Morgan sees a little message that says, be ready. Yeah. Be ready for what? <laughs> Is he talking to the readers or Morgan? Hmm. Both. <laughs> Both. But yeah, it's, it's a great way to end the chapter and another one of those that propels us on. So again, you get to see all kinds of things in this chapter. You get to learn a little bit more about wonder and you get to see Morgan go through an emotional roller coaster. First, she's excited to go to bid day, and she's excited to get four bids. Yeah. And she then. Gets five. Well, yeah, I mean, if you count Jupiter twice, you're right. But uh, she gets twice? four bids, and then all of a sudden, Death. she's told, or she gets thrown down because everybody's after her now, like, oh, what the heck? So she just gets pounded in this this chapter with highs and lows and the biggest one of all hearing that or seeing that eventide has come a year early it's devastating for her mm -hmm. yeah so again this was uh, this was a chapter that really got me it spurred me along i didn't want to stop after this um we'd love to hear your guys's thoughts out there on uh chapter two of nevermore what you thought when Jupiter North uh, wrote on his bid, be ready, and tell us your thoughts on Morgan and her journey so far, and on even on Corvus a little bit. We love to tear down Corvus a little bit. Mm-hmm. That would be funny. Yep. Well, we want to thank you guys again for tuning in to Wondercast. Um, we really enjoyed our discussion about chapter two of nevermore the trials of morgan crow we hope you guys enjoyed it thank you again and remember to find us on twitter and on instagram at cast wonder tell us your thoughts on nevermore and wondercast and as always i'm ryan i'm molly and i'm ryan and we are joined today by caleb thank you caleb we loved having you today and this was wondercast Nerd alert! Nerd alert.